Amen. Good morning to everybody. Good morning to our online campus. I want to welcome you to uh, this Sunday's service. Uh, let, me, let me have you guys save a date real quick. I think it's a very important date. On May the 5th, that's a Thursday, we are going to have a one-hour service for National Day of Prayer. Uh, we believe here at Living Word Chapel, we, as, as the church of, uh, you know, all over the, the, the country, we believe that change in our country will only happen through Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be having some uh, area pastors come, and we're going to be having some, uh, uh, hopefully, some government officials that love the Lord, and, and uh, also business leaders, and uh, we're going to worship God, and we're going to pray to the living God, believing that, that he's on the move. And the United States of America, uh, let's say that again, the United States of America needs Jesus for us to get back united again. Amen? So put that on your calendars if you will. Yeah. Um, what a wonderful Easter we had. Uh, we had four services last week, three at the Oracle campus and uh, one at the Kearney campus on Saturday. Uh, right at 600 people came to our services. So we want to say, go God. Uh, ten, 10 adults, 10 new adults were added to the kingdom. 10 people said yes to Jesus. That's always a great thing. Uh, others rededicated their lives. Many, many youth and children also said yes to Jesus. That's be above and beyond that. So thank God for how gracious and good that he is. And we're going to put a pause button on the, John, the Gospel of John series that we've been going through, uh, which has been incredible. But we're going to put a pause because I want it to, I want, I've been wanting to do a series on something that I think is very important. Um, it's something that uh, I think everyone struggles with at least one time in your life. Uh, the struggle of, of mental health. Uh, Mental health is, is so important to our well-being. And I don't think that there's a person that has lived on this, this earth uh, that's missed or escaped times when we feel down. Anyone ever felt down in our first service or online? Uh, how about a season of loneliness? You just feel lonely. You feel like if you're all alone and you're going through life. And you can be around a lot of people and still feel lonely. Amen? And so there's also times of trauma. And people struggle with anxiety and sometimes irrational fears. There's, there's rational fears. Amen? If, if you have a big dog that's vicious and it's about to bite you, it's okay to be afraid or a lion right? But there's irrational fears, and those things can really make your mind go places that, that God would not have you go. And these seasons that we go through can, can make you feel like if you're in a pit and there's no way out. Or there's a dark cloud over your life and you feel hopeless because you think that you're never going to see the brightness of the sun, even in an Arizona summer. Amen? I, I think that everyone has, has probably been there. And, and we find ourselves emotionally or mentally broken. 
And you've got to go back to the fall of Adam and Eve uh, that occurred in the, in, in the garden. And what, what that fall, when Adam and Eve sinned, it opened up the door for hurts, for times of depression, for anxiety, for fears, for times that you feel burned out. And the list can go on and on. And then, and then there's the traumas that came with the fall. Like uh, violations, when people are violated, when they are raped or molested or abused, when people are bullied and they're traumatized or, or they're singled out and you feel like if, like if people are singling you out, whether it's through race or uh, uh, maybe not even race, it could be social class and you just feel like if you don't measure up. And then there's a, the thoughts of suicide that people can have. And I know I'm speaking to someone. Because we've all been there. And it leaves people, you know, just uh, broken with these emotional struggles. And how many of you would agree with me that the struggle is real? When you're at that place, that struggle is real. And, and I'm not exempt to low times. At times I have felt used. At times I have felt abandoned. At times I have felt hurt. At times I have felt burnt out. And I'm going to be very transparent. You notice that uh, some of you that know Pastor James, you know that I'm a little bit transparent. Amen? I, I say things from, you know, where I'm at. But I'm going to be transparent with some of the things that we've navigated through in the, in the last two years, Shauna and I. And not only our, our, our immediate family, but things that have happened in, in the church and, and how, how that can really take Let's say this, the gas out of you. You feel like if you have no gas, you feel like if you can't go on. And, and you push through and you push through, but, but you find out that the, the struggle is real. And if you're here today and you feel like you, you have a lot more lows in your days than highs, I'm here to tell you that there's hope in God. If you're listening to the message online and, and, and maybe the Lord just... He positioned you in a place today to hear this message. Let me tell you that there's, there's hope in the God that we worship. There's hope in Jesus. And there, there's a foundational passage that we can build our series on. And Jesus is talking to a multitude of people. And let me set up the, the context right here. What's, what's going on is, is in, in chapter 11 of the, the Gospel of Matthew... Uh, John the Baptist had just sent his disciples to Jesus and, and, and made him ask the question, are you the one that is to come or do we wait for another? Now, let's just think about that. because John the Baptist was in prison at that time. And he was about to be beheaded by Herod. Okay, And so John the Baptist began to question if this Jesus that he had just he had said, in, 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 in a prior time, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the same Jesus. Now he begins to question, Jesus, are you the one that we're waiting for or do we wait for another? Where was the battle going on? And so Jesus tells his disciples, he says, you know, the lame, the lame are able to walk. He said the blind are able to see, the deaf are able to hear. All these things are happening and blessed are those who are not embarrassed on the, uh, on the account of me. 
Those who, don't, who do not shy away or those that do not walk away on account of me. Because I'm the real deal. And then he, at, at, after he says all this, he ends that chapter with these words. And he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Pause real quick. Pause. When, you, when you're being taught what's being, what is being stimulated, how do you learn? With what? With your, with your hands, with your feet? What, what, what you learn right here with your mind. Amen? You learn with your mind. He says, so learn, let me teach you or learn from me because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your, what's the word right there? Souls. Now it's interesting, it's interesting if you do a, a word search on what the, 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 the original word or the root word of souls is in the New Testament. What do you think the word is? Psyche. Psyche. Your mind, the immaterial part of your brain, the, you know, you can measure the brain, but you can't measure your thoughts. Did you know that? You can measure what your thoughts do to you. But he said, I'll give you rest for your, for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I will give you is light. And Jesus teaches us something that's very important. The struggle is real. But the other part of that truth is that he's here for us in the struggles. I don't know what you're going through, but Jesus does. He's your solution. He, he, he's your answer. That, that, that battle that's going on in your head, the, the, and, and there's a lot of battles that we have. Amen? There's a lot of battles. This pandemic brought a battle. And, and, and there's, there's other things that have brought some extreme battles that we have. But we know we're in a battle. And so from, from this, this foundational text here, I want to bring some points, some takeaways for you. Now, this is important. We're going to do this series together. In, in every uh, Sunday, we're going to hear a message that I believe is going to speak to our circumstances and to our situation. And if we open up our minds and we open up our hearts, I believe that God can do something. Here's, here's my goal. Here's my goal. If we can move one step closer to peace, we're winning. Are you with me? I'm not telling you that you're going to get way over here, but you may. You may get way over here where complete peace. You may get here, and that's, that's a wonderful goal, but I'm telling you, if you can get one step closer, just one step closer to more peace in your life, you're winning. And, and, and so when we come on Sundays, we're going to hear a message, but you learn in rows, you learn in rows, but you grow in circles. Did you know that? When you go to a classroom, they, 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 they have roles and people learn from, from, the, from, the, from the teacher. But you grow in circles. Families that eat together will stay together. Families that, that, that do conversations, they're better, they're better equipped when they can talk about things. They grow together. Amen? 
churches that, that meet together in small groups or, or in some kind of a group, you, you're going to grow in that because you're able to participate. You're able to share the things that you're going through. Right now, you can't ask any questions. You, you're you're going to wait. But you're going to have questions. As we go through this, you're going to have questions. You're going to have comments. You have something to say. We're going to hear testimonies. And so I would ask you to consider, just consider, becoming a part of a small group. We have study guides ready for you that I've drafted, I've put together, that I believe the Holy Spirit has led, that's going to help us together to do what? To take one, more, one step closer to peace. See, you're never, and, and if you're listening online, this is important for you too, because you can do small groups online. We will help you. It, it, you're never going to get better if you don't take a step. Amen? You're never going to recover if you don't take a step. So here's my first point, my first takeaway. The struggle is real, but you're not alone. There's a reason that Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. The word all encompasses more than one. But the enemy of our soul, he wants to isolate you and make you think that you're the only one struggling. But that's so far from the truth. The enemy of your soul, he wants to isolate you. He doesn't want you to share with the struggle that you're going on. When you're struggling mentally, it's very easy to put on a mask. How do I know that? Because I've done it. We go to church. People say, how are you doing? Wonderful. A lot of times we are lying through the, right through our teeth. A lot of times we're not doing wonderful. We're going through things. Our kids are going through things. Our grandkids, we just got layers of things going on. When Jesus said all of you, he's saying it's more than one. You're not the only one dealing with depression. If you are in a depressed place in your life, all you have to do is talk to people. And if they're honest, they're going to tell you, man, I've got this cloud over me. I'm going through this struggle. I went on the web and, 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 the, and the National Institute of Mental Health, the NIMH, they, they said this in 2020, an estimated 21 million adults in the United States had at least one major, not minor, major depressive episode. Now, those are only the people that they surveyed and the people that were honest in the survey. So 21 million tells us what? We're not alone. Don't believe the lie that you are the only one. And depression is, depression is one of those conditions, one of those things that the enemy uses, one of those things that, 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 that our flesh will, will, will take, and it, depression will always lead you to isolate. It will always lead you to feel like if you're the only one. When you're at that depressed place, let me tell you, you don't want to go to, you don't want to go to church. You don't want to go around people. You don't want people to come over, but that's what you need. 
You, when you don't, let me, say, let me say this to you. When you don't feel like coming to church, let me tell you, that's not God. When, when you don't feel like going around people that are, that, are, that are healthy for you, that's not God. And so there's a lot of people that are struggling with this. How, how, when it comes to, let's talk about anxiety. When it comes to anxiety, uh, the, the, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and, and this is what I want you to know from God's perspective, I'm not going to call it mental illness because here's what I want you to know. There's a stigma to that. What I want you to know is that with Jesus, there's hope. See, this is what happens is that people that struggle mentally, they put you in this box. They put you in this category. They say, you know what, he's mentally ill, and you feel like there's something really wrong with you. But if you have a broken arm, you know, you have a broken arm, you go to the doctor, and guess what they do? They fix it. Amen? Same thing with us when we have anxiety, when we have uh, uh, things that, that, that we're struggling with, 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 with uh, you know, anxiety. Uh, it says this. Over 40 million adults in the U.S. have an anxiety disorder. Panic attacks. All of these, these things that are going on in, 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 our, in our world right now. It says, meanwhile, approximately 7% of children ages 3 to 17 experience issues with anxiety each year. And let me say this. Let me say this because I'm speaking to where we live that all of this information that we have, all the, you know, we've got these, these gadgets right here, and we can go on these different things. This does not heal our anxiety. Sometimes it causes more. Amen. One of the problems that we have is that when these, these notif notifications we get, we think we need to answer every single one. When sometimes we just need some peace of mind. And anxiety, so, so depression will isolate you, but anxiety will put you in a box, right? And, and if it's not dealt with, that box becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. You know what I mean? If you have a fear to go uh, around people or into a public square, agoraphobia, before you know it, you wouldn't even go outside of your house. It's, it, that box becomes smaller and smaller and smaller if we don't deal with it. How, how about trauma? Uh, there's a Christian foundation called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. They help, they help veterans with, uh, with trauma, with PTSD and, and things like that, you know. Um, and and they, they, they put this out. 70% of adults in the U.S. have experienced some type of traumatic event at least once in their lives. I would challenge that. I would challenge that. I would say it would be nine to ten people that have lived have had something traumatic happen. I, I remember I was a kid, went to go visit my friend. We used to play Sandlot football. We, we'd get together and we'd play ball, and, and I went to visit my friend. He was walking his three German shepherds. I loved dogs until that day. He was walking his three German shepherds, and I walked over there, and those three dogs ran after me, and they, they, they bit me. So I was bit by these three, three dogs. It traumatized me. And from that day, from that day that that, that, uh, that occurred, I was... Fearful of dogs. 
that trauma impacted me. Now, thank the Lord that Jesus is greater than our trauma. Now we have two wonderful dogs that I love. But if I would not have dealt with that trauma, guess what? I probably would miss the blessing of, of, of that experience. And, and there's a lot of people that if you, if you don't deal with trauma, this is important. If we don't deal with trauma, you will stay stuck. You will never be able to push yourself past that trauma until you deal with it. It'll stifle your growth. Especially if you use other things, other things for, for uh, self-care, for, to, to medicate yourself. If you use anything outside of Jesus, you can use, you know, uh, drug substances. You can use a lot of different things. People get stuck in, in, in using a substance to self-medicate themselves. You've got to deal with it and let Jesus heal it. And let me say this. This is important. With all three of them, it's never easy, but it's doable. That's why I say if we can take one small step, if someone in here can take one small step, Toward the direction of peace, it's a lot easier to take the next step. And the enemy, let's, let's, let's talk about the enemy because the Bible does. The enemy's in, in, the, in the pages of Scripture. He's not, the, he's not the emphasis. Jesus is. God's the emphasis. But the enemy is throughout the, 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 the pages of scripture from the creation on, it's, it's because of the enemy that Adam and Eve sinned. Did you know that? It's, it's because of the enemy that people have these, these, this anxiety and he just puts pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure. The, the devil is real. And he wants to play havoc in our lives. And, and the, the mastery that he has is he will lie to us. He'll deceive us. In everything that we're going through, this is how Peter put it. Peter, Peter writing, he said uh, in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, stay alert. How, how are you alert? In your mind. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. So you have a great enemy. And, and that, that enemy is not what you think. In fact, Paul, when he's writing to the church in Ephesus, he said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in dark places. So your enemy is not people. The enemy can use people, but people are not your enemy. It's the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is important because a lion, a lion will paralyze its prey with its roar. Roar! And you just like, oh. Are you moving? And so the enemy will use whatever he can to paralyze you and me from doing what we're called to do by God. That's why faith is different than fear. Both have power. Faith has power to motivate you to trust God. Fear makes you think that God's not around. He keeps on going. He said, stand firm against him and be strong in your what? In your faith, remember that your family of believers all over the world, they're going through the same kind of, uh-oh, you don't want to hear this in church, but it's biblical. They're going through the same kind of suffering that you are. So you know what this teaches me? It teaches me that in this life, because this is not our home, 
We're passing through this life. Amen? And if you're a child of God, if you put your trust in Jesus, there's a better place. But there's suffering that goes on in this world right here. And, it's, it's, and everyone goes through it. Tell your neighbors, everyone goes through it. He keeps on going. But in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after, after that you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. You, you, know, what I, you know what I learned from this passage right here? It teaches me that, that I have an enemy who is dead set against me making it. There's an enemy that wants to play havoc in my life. And he will use any way to bring anxiety into my life. He will use any means that he can to bring fear into my life. He'll use any way that he can to bring depression into my life. He'll use any way that he can to bring anxieties into my life. But it also teaches me that I'm not alone. That I got brothers and sisters who are struggling too. That I, I got people that are sitting here with me right now. That you're in that struggle with me. In a different place. With a different face. In a different location. But there's a struggle going on and we're in this together. And we have a savior who's on our side. And we have a, a, a God who's bigger than anything that we'll face. In and through the struggle that we have, we can be assured that God's restoration, his support, his strength is for us. And it's in those struggles, hear me now, it's in those struggles that our faith is built. Because it's easy, you have very, very weak faith if things are going right all the time. It's, that's very weak faith. It's when your faith is tested that your faith gets stronger. It's when we go through the struggles of life. It's when, it's when you go through a major depression. Those, that, that time that, that, that everything seemed dark. It's when you come out of that tunnel. I worked underground. It was wonderful to go one, two, three, one. What does that mean for you that worked underground? Yeah. Collar. If you were on the cage, if you were in this elevator that didn't look like an elevator, you were in there and you were in whatever level they went to, whether 2675, 3440, wherever you were at, you'd get on the cage and the, and, the, and the cager would ring. One, two, three, one. And guess what happened? As you came up, the light would begin to show. And that's how it is in life. No matter what we're going through, his light, his light is there waiting for us. And he will get us through. There, there's a promise for us. And Jesus gave us that promise. He said, I will give you rest. You know, Shauna and I went, went and saw a, a counselor, not because of our marriage, 
but because of everything else going on around us. We never had. I never had seen a professional counselor. I went in there, I sat with him, and, and he's had this blue couch. He's still, I, I mean, a wonderful man. I sat on this blue couch, and that, that, that was an hour of power. And, and, and I remember him talking to me, and, and, and he said, you know, uh, James, why are you here, Pastor James? And, and he said, first of all, he said, you're here, and you, you're used to having everyone talk to you. He said, I want you to know something. You need to give yourself permission. You're not the answer. Now, I know that. But we don't always live it. Are you with me? We, 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 we sometimes are the answer. And, and you moms and, and you dads, you're in here, you, you know this because sometimes we're the answer to our kids. Everything that they're going through, they call us and they say, you know, dad, mom, I'm going through this. And then you have other people, you know, I'm going through this. I'm going. So you have one thing, one thing, one thing. Then you've got all this pandemic. And you've got all these things. These people are mad about this. These people are mad about this. And you feel like if you're just going to crack. And I can remember him telling me, he said, you're not the answer. And, I, and as, as, I, as I began to talk, I, I broke down and I just, I just wept and and, and there was, how many of you know that sometimes there's tears of cleansing in your life? There, sometimes there's, there's tears of, of healing in your life. And somewhere in that, God used this wonderful man to just tell me that what Jesus said, that God will give us rest. There's a promise that God will give us rest. Now, now here's, this is important right here because I'm saying this because someone may need Something like that. You have to take a step in the right direction. The right direction is always Jesus. Amen? He, he promises to give us rest. He, here's the second, second point that's important, the second takeaway. The, the struggle is real. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie all this together. The struggle is real, but you can win. You can win. What we need to know is that God is greater than our physical struggles. Some of you guys are, are, are struggling with some physical health issues that are way bigger than you. God will help you with that. We can, we can win. He's greater than our, than our spiritual struggles. You ever heard someone say, man, there's some demons in my life. There's some demons that I struggle with. I, I hear voices. I've had people come and visit me and they can't even look at me because, it, because of the voices that they're hearing. They, 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 they can't see past that, but God is greater than that. And I've seen God move in those meetings where he has set them free. And God is greater than our mental struggles. He's greater. And Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. Now, you need to know that, that a yoke goes on an animal so they can pull the weight of something usually together. And they put this, 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 this instrument on them and they pull together. And, and as they're pulling, they're stronger together. And Jesus says, take my yoke. Because I'm going to pull the weight. 
And I don't know about you, but for me, before Christ came into my life, I, 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 we, I, learned, I learned to be yoked to my problems. I was yoked to every problem I had. I was yoked to every circumstance. I was yoked to every bad relationship that I had. I was yoked to every negative self-image. And that's what I carried through life. Before Jesus came into my life, I was yoked to all of these things. And they were heavy and it burdened me. And you know where it burdened me the most? Here. And here. Anyone ever said, I just can't do this anymore. I don't know how much more of this I can take. And we learn, we learn we're conditioned to try to do everything on our own. We're conditioned to try to pull all the weight on our own. Make our families right on our own. We're conditioned to make our jobs right on our own. We're conditioned to do all these things on our own. And Jesus says, take my yoke. But hear me now. Hear me now. That's very hard for our flesh. Because we're so used to doing it on our own. And that's why Jesus says, but you learn from me. You have to reprogram the way that you've done life. You've got to reprogram the way that you carried every single burden. Have, have, has any of you said, I'm giving this to God, and you leave that comment, that prayer, whatever you want to call it. You, I, I'm leaving this with God. You go and you take this to the Lord, right? I'm carrying this burden. I'm giving it to the Lord. And you walk up, thank you, Lord. And then you get up and you say, Let me tell you why we do that. Let me tell you why we do that. Because we are conditioned. This is comfort for us. As much discomfort as it brings into our life. We're conditioned in our flesh to carry the loads that are not ours. They're God's. We can't change it. This is so good, man. When, 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 God, when God begins to, to, to carry the burden, he gives rest to what? To our soul. Now, it's important that we understand what, what soul means. When, in the very beginning, when, when God created Adam... This is what the Bible says in, in, in Genesis 2, 7. The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Physical. That's a physical, right? And then he, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a what? A living soul. A person. So, so your soul, your, a, a living person is, is, is more than your body. There's more to, there's more to us in our body. There, there's, there's more to us than our, just our mind. We're also spirit. We're, we're, we're body, mind, and spirit. Adam and Eve were created to function in, in a body, in a mind, and a spirit. This is important to us because to, to function without your body is Gnosticism. The Gnostic says the body is evil. You, can, you need to do away with your body. But Jesus is going to raise the dead bodily. 
when Jesus was resurrected, he told Thomas, he said, Thomas, feel my, feel my hands. The body's not bad. What's bad? Sin. And Jesus overcame sin on the cross. Look, look at the, the, the book of Acts. Okay, Peter preached his, his first message, and it says, So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day they were added about 3,000. Was that just the immaterial person that was added? Or was it the total person? It was the total person. When, when, when someone says something like this, maybe you've heard this, I, I, I've said this, he or she is a troubled soul. You know what, it, you know what that means? That you're not walking in wholeness. You're not walking in the completeness of God. Because Jesus came to make us whole. Je Jesus make, came to make us complete. Th that's so important for us to understand. When, when you care for your soul, you're caring for every part of your life. See, I know, I know as much as I love to eat, and I say this to you all the time, I love to eat, and I love to eat bad food. My flesh loves tortillas, loves, I don't know, I'm conditioned for that. But here's what I know is that if I don't eat healthy, it will bring trouble to my body. Are you with me? In my spirit, if I don't get right with God, when you talk about people, they need to get right with God because they're walking independently of God. If you don't get right with God, your spirit is in bad shape. And your mind, if I take things into my mind, if I bring things into my mind that are going to corrupt not only my mind, but also they're going to go into my heart, it can really take me on a course of destruction. And so as much as my flesh wants to watch things that are not healthy for me, I, my flesh wants for me to watch those things and say, it's good. It's going to stimulate you. It's going to make you feel better. As much as that is, I have to take my thoughts captive. I've got to believe the word of God. The word of God says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be put in its mold, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I've got to, I have got to take steps in my life to renew my mind. I have to. The only way that you will have mental health is if you work taking steps to renew your mind. That's why it's so important, beloved, that you live in a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, a Sunday, a Sunday a week is not enough. Every day, every day, this has got to go into your, your heart, your spirit, and your mind. The more of this that comes in, the more the garbage goes out. When, when, we're, when we're struggling, and, and, and it's a slow fade. Hear me now. It's a slow fade. If you're in the, in the things of God and you're walking, it's a, you begin to go a little bit off, and, and in your mind you begin to conform to the things of this world. It's, it's so true. The word of God is so true. You begin to conform to the things of this world, and instead of being transformed, you become everything that you were at one time. And if you go that way, beloved, you become worse. 
That's where the enemy wants to take us. I, I have to take steps to guard my mind. Not only do I have to renew my mind, but I have to guard my mind. There will always be things coming at my mind arguing with the things of God. Did you know that? The enemy throws fiery darts. He, he's doing it in this country. He, he's making people think that, that, that wrong is right and right is wrong. Are you with me? This is, this is how, how, how Paul put it in, in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We destroy arguments. Where do you argue? He, he goes on and says, And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. I, I have the ability, I have the ability in Christ to reshape my mind through the reading and meditation of his word. I have the ability, because of the Holy Spirit that works in me, I have the ability to take steps that, are, that, are, that take me closer to peace. I can take steps closer to peace, but I can also take steps that will take me into chaos. Amen? I'm in this... I'm in this battle with you guys. I'm not above you guys. If you're, if you're watching online, you need to know that, that you're not the only one. But you can win. And, and here's the third takeaway. This is, this is just as important. The third takeaway take is that uh, the struggle is real, but, but don't go at it alone. Don't go at it alone. When I was a sophomore in high school, I, um, I, I broke my ankle and I tore ligaments uh, on a football play. And they took me by ambulance from this game against our rivals of all things, the, the Animus Panthers. Ugh. And I got my ankle broken and got my, I had a, a, a had surgery and was out for six months. But guess what they did? They, they corrected, they corrected what was wrong there. They put the bone back together. They did surgery and put the ligaments back together. And guess what, guys? By the grace of God, I'm able to walk. But I had to go to a doctor. I had to go to someone that's, I had to take a step. To, to go to a place that was going to help me. When Jesus says this, I, I love the way that the, the message paraphrase puts it. He says, are you tired, worn out? Everyone in here can raise their hands to that because most of us are. Come to me. Get, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. And I need that. I need real rest. Walk with me and, and, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Let the unforced rhythms of grace uh, learn from the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. That's a good, good one right there. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, now think about this. You can't do it 
without Jesus in your life. Which teaches me that I need God. He, he's my foundation to emotional and mental health. But not only do we need God, we also need the right people in our lives. My, my mental health is dependent on the right people in my life. <laughs> I recorded something on my voice, voice uh, uh, record, uh, voice memo this morning coming up here. I was driving to prayer with the elders, and I had this thought. I said, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta remember this. So I, I recorded it, and, and what it was was um, how many of you know that for you to realign yourself, you got to go to the right places? Anyone ever thrown their back out? Just raise your hand if you have. If you're throwing, you're throwing, that, that's never a good thing, right? Because you can't walk straight. You kind of walk, you know, kind of like <laughs> in, the, in the neighborhood. We had cholos, right? They used to walk, they used to walk like this. It was... Hey, bro, you need a back adjustment, brother. Uh, but, but, but you're not trying to walk like that when your back's messed up, right? So I remember my back got messed up, and my wife said, well, let's go, and, and, and we'll, you need to go see uh, Diana, who, who is a, a massage therapist, and she'll do great. And so I went there, and, and she, she started to work on my back, and, and she said, I can't help you. I can't help. And, and when, when she was done, and she's wonderful, let me tell you, and when she was done, it was so bad, it was so bad that I couldn't, even, I couldn't even stand straight up. She said, but I want you to go see this chiropractor. And so uh, I, I don't go to a chiropractor. So I said, okay, Diane, if you're saying I'm going to go. She said, I, I trust her, I recommend her. And I went to this chiropractor, and, and when I walked in the door, she was this cowgirl, right? And she, and she you know, looked rough and tough, and she says to me, you're going to love me, and then you're going to hate me. So she put all these hot, hot uh, pads on me, and I loved it. It felt so good. And then she put me on this little, like, uh, uh, you know, little table, and, and she started to do things that are, they shouldn't be done to anybody. <laughs> she just, when someone tells you, hold on, you know it's going to be bad, right? And so it was and But she said this before, which I thought was incredible. She said, you won't have to come see me anymore. And so when she did, <laughs> I walked out of there, and I was still kind of a little bit, you know, all right. I was still a little tender, and about 20 minutes after that, I was like, this is incredible. This is incredible. And she, I was misaligned, but she aligned me. And got me back to health. And she straightened me out. See, we need people in our lives that when we're misaligned in our thinking, in our emotions, that won't tell us what we want to hear, but tell us what we need to hear. And they align you back into the right place so that you can walk straight. That's why, beloved, you need a small group. You, you, you don't even have to label it, oh, I go to a small group. You can, you can call it whatever you want. I'm going to go meet with friends. Whatever it is, we need people in our lives. 
I need people in my life that are going to help me when, when I'm going through those dark places and those dark times. I, I need people when, when I'm struggling with anxiety. I need people. This is, this is what, what Paul said to the Galatians. He said, carry each other's burdens. Be there for each other. And in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I, I need you in my life. As much as you need me in your life. I've said this over and over and over and over. And I'll say it over Red Rover to everybody. That none of us are perfect. A pastor is not perfect. We all need Jesus. And we all need each other. One of, my, one of my faves right now that I read, uh, her name is Dr. Caroline Leaf. Uh, you, you can even write that down, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Or another one that, that just wrote a real good book uh, is, is Craig Rochelle. Craig Rochelle wrote a book, Winning the, Winning the War in Your Mind or Winning the Battle in Your Mind. Two great books. But, but Dr. Caroline Leaf, is, I, I, love, I love to read her, her, her stuff because she's a neuroscientist who's also a committed follower of Christ. And in her studies, in her scientific studies, she has found that God is who he says he is. That he will help you in your, in your mind. How to reshape the way that you think. Because here's what you need to know is that your, your, your brain is the physical part. Amen? You can reshape your brain. You can reshape the structure of your brain into a healthy structure when it's been unhealthy. See, we get conditioned to living our life sometimes wrongfully. I lived like that for, 20, for, for the 26 years without God. When I didn't know Jesus, my, my brain was very, very warped. But can I tell you, in the last, in the last 29 years, God has reshaped my brain and my mind. And he's still working. But Caroline Lee said this. He says, when it comes to uncertainty, see, some of you are uncertain. You're, you're saying, I don't know if I can take that step. I'm, I'm just going to stay right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on carrying this, even, even though you might say I'm going to give it to God. That you, You're uncertain because it's foreign. It's foreign to change. And this is what, what Caroline leaves. She says, talk to someone you trust. Having a friend makes things a little less scary. Have, have you noticed that you're not going to share the deep, dark things in your life with someone that you don't know? You, you notice that? Usually we're not going to, you're not going to just really come out and say what, what, what's going on in the dome with everybody. But when people you trust, they know you. They care about you. And you say things, they're like, man, I've, I had these thoughts, dude. It's like, these, they're, they're crazy. And he's like, dude, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. And then you're able to navigate and you're able to get the healing you need. So I'm, I'm over time, but uh, let, let, let me give you these, uh, these, these three very important takeaways, kind of next steps. Small groups are a great place. 
we designed this four-week campaign with weekly small groups. So you don't have to do this alone. And here's what I believe. I, I believe that some of you, God's going to take you to take a step toward peace. Here's the second next step for you. A trusted Christian counselor or therapist can be used by God as a vehicle to help you win the battle for your mind. You see, there are some things that are deeply rooted in us that you need someone that's professionally trained not to save you, but to help you get to that place where you walk in your salvation. Can I tell you that I thank the Lord Jesus for Mark Nichols, for me to be able to go talk to this trusted counselor, and I checked around, and I sat with Mark, and, and, and I sit on that blue couch. I've sat there three times, and, I, and I'll tell you, I'll probably do once a year for the rest of my life, just, you know, just like an oil change, just to make sure that everything's aligned because it has helped me so much. And then there's support groups, support groups. People that have struggled with alcoholism or drugs, they, they, they find support groups to help them navigate. And let me say this, there's nothing wrong with that. I've got some great friends, great family members that, that they, they have been helped through Alcoholics Anonymous. They've been helped through uh, Celebrate Recovery. They've been helped through uh, Narcotics Anonymous. I have a cousin that, that leads, uh, you know, my, I love him. And what God has done in his life is incredible. But he keeps, put, he keeps paying it forward. So he has people meet with him and he helps them. You usually will not be able to kick those dark places without somebody helping you. Don't try to do it alone. You need someone in your life. You absolutely need God, but you need other people in your life. So as we go through this series, we invite you. We invite you to join a small group. Put on your connect card. Say, I want to be a part of a small group. Or talk to someone that's a small group leader. Find out at New Here Start here, and, and we'll get you all the information. But let's, let's take a step in the right direction. Amen? Let's take a step toward peace. Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you, Lord God, that you've shown me that there's real peace in Jesus Christ. Thank you that you've given me rest for my soul. Right now, Lord, I pray for that person that's here in this service that has a weary soul, a troubled soul. Lord, I pray that they will reach out to you right now, that you will just bring the peace that only God could provide. Father, I pray that, that all of us together will We'll be there to carry each other's burdens, that we will not add burdens to each other, but we'll, we'll be there to carry each other's burdens, that we'll love each other with a, with a love that comes from you, with a love that, that, that is unconditional, with a love that, that says, as we'll talk about in another sermon, it's okay to not be okay. Just don't stay there. Lord, thank you that you, that you are the healer.
As we close this service, Father, I pray that your healing will go with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.